Welcome to the first episode of the show where I talk about how remote work has made its way to where it is today, why have I chosen to go 100% remote, and what is my realization after running the organization for three years with a remote structure. Just like me, there should be a lot of people out there who think remote work was introduced to the world when internet was ramping up with its increasing popularity during 2000 or 2001. Here's the surprise. It was introduced in 1973 by a NASA engineer and he's called Jack Nealers. He termed it as telecommuting. I even could not believe myself when I actually was reading it. He literally provided five telephones to his co-workers so that, you know, they can work from home. By the year of 1983, the number of remote workers rose to 2,000 representing the same team. Now let's fast forward and tap into my story. When it was COVID, obviously everything was shutting down and I had no clarity to the future. What I realized out of the environment back then was, change was the nebula for survival. It was just not an option for me. Back at that time, I can remember some great examples. Brian Chesky from Airbnb has taken his company public working remotely. Another statistics to put on the table is Microsoft ran a survey across 31,000 people and 52% people came across with positive insights about remote work. Now all of these companies they do have their own principles, their way of operating the business and obviously they have their own reasons to go remote or not to go remote. For me, I'll give you six different reasons why have I chosen to go 100% remote with our organization. The first one for me is commute time. I always have been completely against the traffic and the time that it takes for us to go from point A to point B. I still remember back in those days, if I just could do two to three different meetings, good ones, and I just would be the happiest person in the world. And when COVID took place and everyone was just forced to work from home or work from anywhere, let's put this way. I just suddenly realized the increasing number of successful meetings that took place. And I'm sure it's just not me. There are, there are other people who felt the same way. Some other way to look at it is, I just you know, don't have to drive. I just don't have to spend time unnecessarily on the road. And that just contributes to more working hours as we speak to get the best out of a day. And when I talk about getting the best out of a day, I talk about different meetings and different clusters of a day that um, you require to deeply concentrate and solve problems. And when I cluster my day across different grooves, I even need prep time as well. I feel like, you know, without commuting, it's just much more relaxing and the prep times, they're more focused, which definitely leads to great and successful meetings and help me take critical decisions. Second one that I have in my list is saving time and doing more. Let's do a quick math here. If you're working on site, you have to commute and that takes plus or minus one hour from your day. Now you're putting someone around eight hours, particularly in your workplace. Now that takes 10 hours out of your day on top. Arguably you are sleeping plus or minus eight hours. So we're putting aside 18 hours from your day. That basically leaves you with six hours left and you literally have to put everything that you have to do in a day within that block of time. Now, I personally think it is not enough. And obviously when you're commuting, you are exhausted and you just don't get to fire up all the cylinders right from the first minute uh, when you're available to your friends and family. You need to take rest, you need to energize yourself again. And practically speaking, the six hours that you have is not even six hours, it's even less than that. 
So that's why it's one of the reasons why have I chosen to go 100% remote. When I talk about our staff members, I've seen them go very, very creative with their allocation of time as well, be it painting, sports, crafts, or whatever it may be. The third reason that I have in my list is being the best version of myself. I feel I'm the best version of myself when I'm in my own environment. From a productivity standpoint, I actually have plugged in all the necessary tools, hardware, softwares, whatever I need to optimize my productivity. And obviously if I'm put in a different environment where you know I've got heaps of rules, regulations, what I can and what I can't, I can't bring the best out of me. From a functional standpoint, I feel like you know when I'm in meetings and I am to focus with my full attention, I don't have any other surprises. I can just deep dive into the situation, understand it from different perspectives and concentrate on the solutions rather than any other thing. Next in my list is flexibility. Some people would like to fragment it in a slightly different way and call it flexibility. Now, there's a group of people who would like to think that money gets you flexibility and there are other group of people who may think time gets you flexibility with the digital transformation and looking at the people who are actually driving the wheels to change the world is just not going to be too bad of a comment if we say the ability to position yourself in anywhere in the world gets you flexibility. Now, these are information that we get to know from news and media. Let's take a step back and tap on my story. For me, it was flexibility in general and what it means is my preference in terms of where I want to live and how I want to live. There's an interesting thing that I would like to share on this matter though. Did you realize that there's a significant decrease in number of people wanting to live in the metro cities or maybe living in metro cities? And the reason is quite simple. Back in the days, people would want to live more in metro cities because it exposes you to more opportunities. Fast forward to today, if you know how to work remotely, opportunity follows you. As a matter of fact, you have opportunities everywhere you go. Next in my list is the ability to hire the best people. For us, it was a game changer. When we went cross-border, we had the ability to hire the best people from the world, particularly around specific skills. Some of the other case studies are like, we are now hiring people from places where we don't have a physical presence. So obviously, if we were not working remotely, we would not have the ability to hire these people. Now, full disclaimer, I'm not advising anyone to do anything in this episode. I'm just you know sharing my own experience with the audience. I feel the beauty of the process is from the other perspective. And what I mean is, People now from thousands of miles away can just you know be where they are and still have a full-time secure job. They don't have to worry about any migration or visa complications, but still they can be a part of great like-minded teams and be a part of what they actually care about. I've seen many people being invested in areas that don't excite them, but by the time they realize it, it's just too late, they're too behind the rise. They don't find the courage to start all over again. Anyway, the point is, it is amazing to see with the revolution of technology, people can do things that motivate and drive them and still make a living out of it. Next and the last thing that I have in my list is the focus on the product and the services. In our industry, we do have a lot of competitions as the industry has got a lot of nuances and every company would come across with their own unique characteristics. Now, no matter what, it is always a difficult job for any business to price for their product or service. 
On a lot of occasions, I've seen companies spending heaps on fancy multi-storied offices, air conditions that don't directly resonate with the product or services being offered. Particularly in our case, I feel like you know, we should be investing on the technology that helps us bring the best of the distributed teams, have the reflection of the improvements on our day-to-day -day operations, and quite frankly, I think that's why our client should be paying us. And that is one of the reasons why I thought going remote would give us the ability to focus and invest on things that matter the most for our business and for our clients. The next chapter I have here is my realization after running the organization for three years. I think the workflow has changed completely from time-based to accountability-based. There was a time all your employer would want is you to clock in and clock out on time. I think we've moved far away from there and all that matters in our organization at the moment is whether or not you are aware of what you're supposed to do and what is your accountability and whether or not you are aware of the priorities. Of course, we do have disciplines in place, but the key metrics to measure productivity is not the amount of time you put on the table. It's rather the KPIs that were assigned to specific team members. Second thing that I realize is the increase in productivity. It's a simple equation for me. You do less commute, you're less exhausted, you're more comfortable, hence you can ensure more productivity. I think everyone has their own version to define remote work. Um, some people might think like, you know, since it's working from home or working from anywhere, you can actually, you know, take it lightly and, you know, you can work from the comfort of your couch. But particularly in our organization, we put a lot of respect and intensity on the table. And what it means is we show up on time. We are aware of our team members' accountabilities. We have a list of things that we have to perform on a specific day and go back to the related stakeholders. And therefore, we have to generate reports based on what have been achieved and what are left. So what I think is from a productivity standpoint, it is far more productive than general stereotype work practices. The third thing what I realize is the employer retention. For all the good reasons that I've already shared in this episode today, we are experiencing the highest employer retention rate ever in our organization. You know, with no surprise, when staff members are comfortable, they're actually, you know, enjoying their life apart from work as well. They have more time to spend with their friends and families. You know, it's not a surprise that, you know, they tend to stick around with the organization. We have an organization with a horizontal hierarchy. And what that means is you don't have a lot of people in the chain of command that you, you have to go across for each decisions. Neither you can actually reach out to someone every now and then if you stumble across things. Obviously, each different type of hierarchy has their own pros and cons. In our case, what I've seen is because you have to take a lot of accountabilities, you have to be prepared for the best and for the worst. A simple case study to share would be our managers know that, you know, what are their areas of improvements and at times they step forward and they come across with upskilling ideas for them so that they can buckle up for difficult challenges and they can solve it on their own. So in simple terms, I have experienced employee development through self-propulsion and not being micromanaged at all. The fifth thing that I realize is cultural diversity always brings 
dynamics to the organization. From a cultural standpoint, it is amazing to see how people from different ethnicity, different uh, cultural background, they're all gelling together. But there's this other way to look at things as well. Functionally or technically speaking, I feel like there is a healthy competition between team members because you no longer compete with a small territory or an area. Rather than that, you know, it is a testimony to your talent as well that you are actually competing with the rest of the world. I thank everyone who had the patience to hear me out. I think we're in the same situation where we were when internet first came in. For some people, it was just an experiment. And for some, it was a game changer. Obviously, as founders, we do care about our businesses, startups, organizations, and whatnot. And they all come across their own unique characteristics, values, ethos, mission, and principle. I wish everyone all the best and may we take the best navigation path for our workforces going forward as we see fit. If you like the content, please like the video and subscribe the channel because it's always inspiring to grow an audience as it signals me that someone on the other side is listening. And obviously you get a notification next time I post a content. Peace.